man. Barbershop mentality. <sighs> Football and bullshit, man. It's your man, Julius Rock. I'm here with my man, Pete. Kind of monotone today. Kind of depressed. I'm filled with anger. I want to put hands on Dabo Sweeney. But I'm still here, man. How you doing, man? You know, usually on uh, on days where, you know, the school up north, them orange boys, whenever they're feeling pain, I usually have a good day. I usually have a good day. Um, this year is hitting different for me, man. I'm just not, you know, I just can't enjoy the festivities of, of Tiger pain this year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm good, though. I'm good, you know. Uh, you know, more Americans are at or below the poverty line. So I'm glad to see that, you know, we're, we have some shared experiences amongst ourselves now. It hadn't been that way for several years. But uh, but I'm glad that uh, my fellow man, my fellow American is here with me today and we have shared experiences. So, yeah, I'm good. I hate that whole, bro. I hate that whole sweetie, bro. I hate that. I'm, let me just get it out of the way. I'm not going to go full rant. I've done my rants. I've done my rants on Twitter. I've done my rants on my Facebook IG story. I've done my rants in group chats. I've done my rants in phone calls. I, I can't rant anymore. <sighs> yesterday was a prime. I'm going to tell you what hit me the most yesterday. I knew the offense couldn't move the fucking ball. Right. I knew it. I knew eventually defense was going to get hurt. I knew it. I knew eventually we were going to give up touchdowns. It, it's, it's inevitable. But when Dabo came to the post, no, when Dan Orlowski said Clemson was holding back Trevor Lawrence due to this scheme, I said, holy shit, it just fucking hit me. And then I just started playing back shit in my mind. I played back the um, the Kelly Bryant incident where he bitched Kelly Bryant for Trevor Lawrence, rightfully so. And he, he didn't give Kelly Bryant a ring because Kelly Bryant left. Because Kelly Bryant didn't want to waste his fucking year. Rightfully so. Even though Trevor Lawrence didn't beat Kelly Bryant for the job. It was just best for the team at the time. But I understand that. So I thought about that. I thought about Dabo coming out and saying Lynn J. Dixon was immature and needs to grow up. I said to myself, Dabo, I wouldn't have done that. But I'm going to be fair. I don't know what Lynn J. Dixon did. And then yesterday, Will Shipley, who you assume was better than Lynn J. Dixon, got fucking hurt. So now you, you, you have pitiful running back depth. Um, you have a quarterback that's rattled. Um, you have uh, a top. Uh, you have a one of the best wide receivers in the in college football, who should be the first wide receiver off the board. Can't get the fucking ball, or when you give him the ball, you you, you give him balls like you run a four two and not like a regular four five. But that's neither here or there. Um, like we just look like. Our scheme, when Dan Olasi said our scheme is outdated, I sat back and watched that game and stayed, and I start calling plays out. And, and that's a damn shame. Because if, if I'm calling plays, I say, oh, bubble screen, uh, run, uh, shot to middle field, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. When regular fans can go and call that shit out and they haven't been at practice, nothing. And then we come back after the game and say, we're just going to evaluate everything. I, at this point, I said, Dabo, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that shit no more. I don't want to fucking hear it at all. Dan Olasi said, Crips' offense held Trevor Lawrence back. I believe that. I 1,000% believe that. Ever since we lost to LSU, this shit has not been the same. You know why? Because we ran into somebody that more pro with more prolific offense, with more dynamic weapons, and we couldn't answer fucking back. When we had somebody like Deshaun Watson, he could always answer fucking back. We were punching above our fucking pay grade. Now, when we ran into somebody else that could do everything that we fucking did, 
it didn't fucking work out. And now Dabo Swing is in a position where he has to fucking coach. Everybody got a fucking coach. You got to coach your way out of this fucking shit. And I don't believe that we can fucking coach. And I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest with you. The only thing that will break me this season is a loss to the Gamecocks. That's it. That's the only thing that will really break me. If we lose to South Carolina, it's going to get ugly in Clemson. It's going to get ugly because you got Gamecock fans got seven years of fucking rage that went to get off on fucking Clemson. And it's going to be ugly. I'm going to break. So I'm you know what? The blood is in the water. So the blood as, is much in the water. As, as much as I feel like the Gamecocks knocking Clemson off is just a fair tale for us at this point. It, it's becoming more and more realistic. It's coming more each and week. more relevant. It's coming more and more. And South Carolina looks horrible. South Carolina looked bad. Kentucky was running a train on South listen, Carolina last week. This is why I can't even be excited about this. I'm like, I, in years past, I didn't even care because Clemson was at the top and any drop of inconsistency would get me excited. But I was watching the Gamecocks play Kentucky last night. And Kentucky was doing everything in their power to give South Carolina the game. Like, Kentucky fumbled the ball like six times last night. Um, they gave us the ball back inside of our own, and we absolutely could not do anything. So I'm sitting here like, I can't even talk shit, because even if we get to meet Clemson, and Clemson's down bad, we have no chance. Um, so my question now is, does Clemson even win? Does Clemson even win the ACC? Who represents no. the ACC this year? Wake Forest, Who's... Wake Forest, and Georgia Tech. It's going to be a nasty ACC. Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. That's why I think I think Clemson. We're going to lose to Boston College. We're going to lose to Boston College at home, and that will be the breaking point of Clemson's season. That's what that's going to be when everything because Boston College has a very very good coach. They have a healthy offensive line. Uh, offensive line just as good as doggone NC State. They got a run game. Defense kind of eh, but Boston College been knocking on that beat Clemson door, just like NC State been knocking on that beat Clemson door for a while. And this is the fucking year we go knock Debo ass out. Debo done got hit with the brick. Then we're going to go into the bye week. When we go into the bye week, we'll get a little bit healthier. We'll get a couple players back. For I think what Syracuse, we'll probably beat Syracuse. We'll probably beat Syracuse. But Syracuse at Syracuse, we usually we usually struggle at Syracuse. I personally think that if I'm just being honest with you, Clemson will finish with six to seven wins, maybe. But none of that, even if Clemson goes on a winning streak, none of that matters if you're not going to make uncomfortable decisions. It doesn't matter. I'm actually just looking at the schedule and being conservative, conservative, giving y'all wins that are on the fence. Shit, we might not make a bowl game. It's, it's eight and five, eight and five, and that, no, that's we might not win. She might win four. We might not win a fucking bowl game. We might not make that's a bowl me. Game. That's me giving y'all Boston College. That's me giving y'all Syracuse. Even though historically y'all dropped one of the games, I'm gonna say that. The, I'm going to say NC State was the game that Clemson usually drops to an ACC opponent. I won't give y'all any more nasty ACC losses. But All right, there's going to be several nasty. Louisville, Louisville is going to beat Clemson this year. No. Wake Forest is going to beat – Wake Forest is going yes. to beat Clemson this year. Boston College is going to beat Clemson this year. That's five L's. That's five losses. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll string it together enough to probably beat South Carolina ten to zero, or ten or, or, or seven ten ten to seven. But it's cool. But you know, this is a culmination of not evolving. This is a culmination, dog. This is how you know when shit bad. You know, Tiger Net is a relic. A older baby boomer Clemson fans going to talk shit, right? Twitter is a different beast of younger, 
uh, 45 and below Tiger fans let getting their shit off, right? And everybody's been catching bullets, bro. CJ Spiller been catching bullets. Fucking Tony Elliott been catching bullets. Everybody catching the fucking bullets right now. You lose the Boston College at home, it's gonna get it's going to get nuclear. That's all I gotta say. I'm I'm prepared to handle the six win, five win season that Clemson's gonna give me. I'm I'm gonna be depressed after every game, but it has to happen for change. I don't know how to respond to that. That's perfect. This has to happen for change. It has to happen for change. What what other college? I want to talk about this more. What what other college recaps do you want to talk about? What, What what happened in college? Last night, we'll, we'll talk about the picks. Talk about the picks. So, yesterday, yesterday, Julius Rock had a very fantastic day with picks. I came back from I, I came back from the three one deficit. He, he came back from the depths of hell. He came back. Uh, Julius Rock went five and two on picks yesterday. I had a, I had a losing record. I went three and four. Um. We just run through them here real quick. Um, so, Virginia, Wake, we both went Wake. Indy, Wisconsin, we both went Notre Dame, which I like. Now that Clemson is out of the picture, as far as college football goes, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's getting one of those college football playoff spots, right? We both agree on that, right? If they if they beat if they win next week, so that's Cincinnati, right? Yeah, they got to beat. I think they going to Cincinnati, so they got to win next week. Nah, that Cincinnati's a home game. Cincinnati's going to be at Notre Dame. Okay. They got to beat Cincinnati. If they beat Cincinnati, they'll – because they're going to beat Chapel Hill. They're going to beat Wake Forest. Yeah, they'll get one. Yeah, easily. Yeah, so so that that's cleared up there. Notre Dame is a college football playoff team. This one had my heart. I picked Mississippi State for the upset. LSU pulled it out. Uh Arkansas, Texas A&M. I let my emotions get the better of me on this pick. I didn't. That's a game Jim Fisher loses all the time. That's a game Jim Fisher loses those type of games. Arkansas beat Texas. I said, huh, okay. They, I think they were home against Texas A&M, played them at home, right? Uh, let me double check on that stat there, my good brother. Let's see. So, Arkansas, Arkansas playing play coach playing for his guy. Yeah, that were at, they were at Arkansas. They were at Arkansas. Arkansas. coach playing for his fucking job. That whole staff playing for their job. That whole staff playing for their job. Jimbo is just sleepwalking in there. Jimbo, Jimbo is eight-way Jimbo is as good enough for Texas now. Jimbo's going to slip up. So I, I had a feeling about that. What, what was it? I, 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 I thought Liberty was going to pull it out. It was close. You called Very it. Close. You said Liberty had something for that. Ass. It was close. But uh, Q's Liberty pulled got it out. first round at quarterback. Well, let's just be honest. The, the, this is the kid that went to uh, – he's a Michigan bounce back, right? He's Auburn. Is he Auburn? Yes. Okay. Auburn looks wild right now. So the next one, we both got – we both took an L on this one. USC at Oregon State. Um, I think we – I think that, uh, in fairness to us, in we fairness black to us, we went with the black coach. We went with the black coach. We went with the young quarterback that lit it up, and then he didn't play. They put the other starter back in, and USC went back to being hot garbage. Um, so you know, we'll take we'll take the L. But in fairness to us, that pick whoa, was whoa, made. We got one. Hey. No, 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 no. I'll get to okay, it. Okay. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, we had North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T. I thought that Central would be able to reestablish some magic, punching up, and it did not occur. The big dog came out and handed their business. In fairness to me, they did not crit walk on them. It was a respectable score. That shit, that it was, it was a garbage time touchdown. It was, it was a respectable score. Like Twenty-seven to six, man. 
was a garbage time fucking touch that stop, man. They did not crit walk on the back of their neck, so I was okay with that. 37-14, okay, that's still an ass whipping, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm just happy to see HBCs. I don't, well, you know, we cover them, because that's what we do. I don't know if they're getting the love they're supposed to get, but we, we cover them. We, we make sure that we talk about them a little bit. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, that, it, in all fairness, man, as far as college football recap goes, man, I'm going to be honest with you. My young lion, my young son, his team took an L this weekend. They took an oh, L wow. on Friday. Oh, so, they did? Uh, they took an L. They took an L. They lost 27-26 on a failed two-point conversion to win the game in the fourth. So I spent literally from 9 a.m. in the morning till 5 p.m. in the afternoon breaking film down with my young gun. So I did not get a chance to watch a lot of games live. Uh, but I did get a chance to catch some recaps, but it's nothing like actually watching the game. So I don't so, have that much for you on the recaps. You know, I, I don't uh, have that much for you. I got I got a little bit. Um, the only thing I want to say is, was NIL a good idea? You know every, what? I'm a- every quarterback that signed an NIL deal, to my knowledge, has struggled. Darren lazy. Uh, DJ, Sam Howell. Sam Howell scoring touchdowns, but Sam Howell's a a a fucking winning. They he ain't doing it like they thought he was gonna do it. Bryce Young had one good game. Bryce Young played one real team, and he looked kind of shaky. Uh, Kyle State quarterback struggling. Spencer Rattler, they was they was asking for Spencer Rattler be bitch. Was the NIA money worth it? Is, is it putting too much pressure on these players? I the cannot speak. Position? Right, right. I cannot speak on any of the other players because I don't know them personally enough to talk about their, you know, their makeup, how they're built. I know Spencer Rattler just a little bit. I know Michael Rattler's dad just a little bit. I will tell you that it probably is a maturity thing with Spencer. It probably is a focus thing with Spencer. Now let's oh you let's oh you playing with fire oh oh you has been playing with fire. Listen, every week they play it on the fucking edge, and only one in one of these weeks is gonna catch you. It's gonna when I saw that game was, when that game was 10-10 in the third quarter, I said, "Oh, this is not good." This is not good. Not like Oklahoma is going to win, and they're gonna they're gonna be close to securing the playoff spot. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're in right now. Clemson falling out really changes everything for a lot of schools. A lot of schools don't have to be as dominant anymore. But what are we looking at? We're looking at what probably a Bama. I got Notre Dame, probably Georgia. At Georgia. And then that fourth spot's probably going to be up for grabs. It's going to be yeah. between Georgia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Georgia, I st- and it, to me, I think Georgia will have a difficult time with Florida. To me. <laughs> and, and that's going to open it up. But here's, here's the great thing about being in the SEC. Georgia can lose to Florida. And they can, still make, they can still make the SEC title by beating Bama. Or they can still, I'm excuse me, they can still make the, the playoffs by beating Bama. So, yeah, that's, well, that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I got you got to beat Bama, though. Like, right. You have, you to, have to beat Bama. So, so, if they can't handle Florida, that's cool. They still have that makeup game that allows them to uh, to still sneak in through the back door. But to, to speak to, you know, the quarterback, I can't, I can't say that NIL has affected everyone equally. What I will say is that in some people whose personalities were already akin to being the golden child, because y'all got to understand, Spencer, yeah, people might say, oh, this, this money changed Spencer Rattler. Let me be 1,000% clear. Spencer Rattler was whatever you see him as. He was that when he was 12 years old. So I don't know if the NIL got in the way. Because remember, even before he got the NIL, 
NIL and his first start with Oklahoma, that shit didn't go that well. No, it didn't. It didn't go as well as people from Arizona would have predicted with him being as skilled as he was. And it all goes back to maturity. Are you willing to put in the work to be as great as your potential says you are? I think that he's, you know, he's going to be able to go to the league and have a successful career. Is he going to reach the heights that we're all imagining? Who knows? But I think maturity is playing a large role in a lot of these kids. Kids don't know what to do with money. Most kids is used to, most kids in college is used to getting the little refund checks from the scholarship money that the overpay, getting that kick back to them. Uh, And then, you know, maybe going to the local Best Buy and buying some electronic shit, going to the shoe store, ordering some shoes and getting, I guess they do it online now, but that's what these kids is used to doing with the money. And now we're talking about more money than you know how to spend in one particular city. Yep. Um, I think I, I think maturity has a lot to do with it. And I think that NIL has, um, has expedited some of these people's process in immaturity. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I I think I yeah I wouldn't say that that's a stretch to say nil is it's fucking the bigger bag up, but I do think the next wave will adjust and be ready for it. I think Archman is not gonna have no trouble with nil once he gets in there. Yeah, he's used to money. That's true. That's true. I think I think uh, I think Archman is gonna come in with a, between five to ten million dollars. I think Arch Man is gonna be fine. I think to me, I, I mentioned the NIL at uh to my home. I don't know if I mentioned the podcast. I mentioned the NIL to my homeboy um after the Georgia game. And I said, DJ looked like he was pressing, he was fucking rattled, right? And he's like, nah, nah, nah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm bugging. And then more and more and more. I look around college football and I see players that can't handle the money. And like we want the players to get paid. We 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 really want the, you know, because so many people benefit off the hard work of players, right? But at the end of the day, you gotta fucking, you gotta fucking put it on your back. You gotta earn the money. And I honestly thought that with NIL. You would have to ball to get the money. You know what I mean? You have to have a fucking resume, right? Um, I personally think that it needs to be an age limit on the NIL money. I don't think you can give a because at the end of not professionals. A, a pro player can handle that type of money because everything around them is a business. You know, there is it's no fucking feelings, right? You, you got the you get the you you get treated like a grown ass man in NFL, correct? Right. Yep. You don't necessarily get treated like a grown ass man in college. You're still, you know, college coaches for the most part have control, right? And until you know, it, until they can find a way to make it so that I play and I hit certain mark. It's, it's like a contract incident. You play, you hit certain markers. I think I think players should be compensated. I think it should be a base state to players. You know what I mean? But yes, I think with the NIL with, with sponsorships, like at the end of the day, like if I'm if I'm DJ and I lose all my fucking uh endorsements, right? Am I gonna play better or am I mentally fucked? That's a fact. That's a fact. And 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 I, I wanted I wanted to clean this up because I don't think that inherently certain people are better at handling pressure and the things that come with money than others. But it is a case by case basis. Michael Rattler is a successful man. Right. He has provided for his family. His family, they live in a nice part of Phoenix that he's done very well for himself. But I don't think he's a business manager, like handling his son's money, making the right moves, being in the right, you know, being in the right circles of support. 
you know, there are some great people around them that are able to help, but I don't think that they know how to handle millions of dollars coming to the door right now, yeah. right? I say Arch Manning will understand and will navigate it better because he's from a lineage of millionaires in sports. He's from a lineage of people who know how to handle the pressure, who are guiding him through that process. A lot of these kids that are in college getting this bag for the first time are first-generation thousandaires, first-generation millionaires. Their yeah. parents are still trying to figure it out. Yeah. You gave my son millions of dollars. I can tell you that I would know what to do with it, but I don't fucking know. I've never seen a million dollars before. <laughs> I don't know the structures to put in place to manage that. I don't know how to, you know, temper expectations. I know I can tell my son, look, don't let the money, don't let the money affect you. We still got to go to these practices. We still got to go do our, and that's how we would probably cope with it is keeping our schedule as normal as possible and not getting caught up. But when you got to go do commercial shoots and engagements and all this other stuff, who knows how that gets in the way. And I'm just, I just feel like the NCAA knew exactly what they were doing when they did this. Yeah. They knew it would be a free for all every man for himself. We're not responsible for the success of your career. We're not responsible for helping you funnel in this money and manage it. It's going to be on your own muscle. It's going to be off your own hustle. So you still have inequities because as far as we know, it's just the quarterbacks getting paid, right? It just, and when we say paid, obviously other kids are getting money, but when we're talking about getting paid, it's only the quarterbacks that are really securing the, you know, the, the life altering money. So I, I think that as the NIL progresses, maybe these figures will change. Maybe people will understand how to handle the success a little bit better watching the initial wave of, of quarterbacks, for lack of a better term, fail with it. So, I mean, because at this rate right now, who's the Heisman in college football? Who's the Heisman quarterback? Who, or not even quarterback, who's the, who's the Heisman football player? Oh, uh, shit. Uh, Heisman football player. I only thing I can think of is maybe Bryce Young. And that's just because his quarterback comes to mind and you want to put the best player on the best but team, you don't right? Know, you, 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 you historically do not know who the Heisman player is until the end of October. I'm going to tell you this right now. For me, my Heisman front runner is B. John Robinson, running back from Texas right now. That's my Heisman front runner because none of these quarterbacks' performances have moved me. None of the ones that were projected. I mean, the Liberty quarterback might end up in there because, you know, he's amazing people and wowing people with his play, but he wasn't projected to be up front, right? Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't projected to. I mean, all your, I think all your preseason Heisman candidates are all having under one. Who, Preseason Heisman front runners: Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, DJ, Sam Howell, Bryce Young, Matt Coral, De'Aaron King, CJ Stroud. He's injured at Ohio State. Brees Hall, Iowa State. Kayvon Thibodeau. He got injured, but I think you know they smack. They smack him. Arizona around that was we're not gonna give him no credit for that. Uh and and B. John Robinson. Yeah. So yeah. out of that group, out of that group, you can almost X every quarterback out, and that's over half the list. But in order for a running back to win it, you you have to you gotta get Texas to the play. You have to beat OU. He has to beat OU. He has to be the single. Reason they beat OU. That's the only way. That's his highs in a moment. Yeah. That's going to be his highs in a moment. So, um, and again, just like with Clemson across the board, that's a that's a doable feat. Right now, who are the unbeatables in college football? Who are the teams right now that you just see them and you're like, okay, can't be beat? Uh, I mean, Alabama. Gonna have a tough time. Alabama have a tough time this weekend. We got Ole Miss. Lane, Lane Kiffin always got. Lane, Lane Kiffin always Kiffin. got some. Uh, 
Alabama could have a tough time with LSU. Alabama could have a tough time with Georgia. Georgia could have a tough time with Florida. I don't know. I really don't know. I think right now, as it as it progresses, I think we said it across anybody that could bloody that could beat them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Not until the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're dodging the the, the way the schedule is setting up. They're not running it, and nobody that can like bloody their nose. They're going to be in a bunch of dog fights, but they're not going to like like oh shit, here we go. Yeah, so I don't, so I, I don't know. I just so, uh, brought up a good point talking about the mm-hmm. six year seniors. A lot of unknown teams that usually don't really be good they're being good because a lot of six-year seniors came back a lot of you know what i mean a lot of fifth-year seniors came back that's a real actual yeah that's a real thing and now you've got somebody to play three years back another damn year you know what i mean It, it, it it that's the truth that's a real thing Let's so, move forward. Though. Let's move forward. Yep. Let's move. I mean, let's move. We need to get to NFL, man. We need to get to NFL. Um, NFL recap last. Let, let's start with um black quarterback of the week. My black quarterback of the week was Lamar Jackson, beating Pat Mahomes with an injury-riddled team on Sunday night to make the haters uncomfortable. May I ask who's your black quarterback of the week, sir? Yeah, obviously I'm proud of Lamar because he did his thing. It was spooky for him at the Very beginning spooky. of the game. It was spooky for him, but he 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 stormed back and was efficient in the in the running game for sure. But in the passing game, he made something. My black quarterback of the week is we're gonna make sure that we don't do the same ones because obviously we yes. want to spread the love. I got to go with Dak Prescott. I got to go with Dak Prescott. Dak didn't have the game last week, man. Listen, the Chargers, that's a good team. What do you mean? Dak went 23-27 for 200, almost 250 yards. Nah, He's man, not Dak. missing. He's not Dak. missing. Dak looked he, a little lost let me, in the let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you okay. what I'm doing. I'm, I'm okay. trying not to go for the large number. Trying not okay. to go for it. Okay, they okay. gotta have breakout game. I'm going for efficiency. You know what? Okay. You know what the knock on a black quarterback is. Okay, oh, they right. like you're, they like the run. They like the run. They're not so accurate. They don't they don't make the smart plays. They don't look like Tom Brady. They don't look like that was 85% last week. 23 of 27 for 237 yards. It don't get more whiter than that, baby. It don't get more whiter than that. So I'm going to give him credit for that because the minute he has an off game, they will say, oh, he's just not a playman. He's a game manager. He doesn't push the ball, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, no, no. Dak is everything that you ask a quarterback to be. He's He, he is not the reason the Cowboys are losing. He is actually the reason they're winning. He's the reason they're winning games, and as long as he continues to play well, I will say this. My pick for the NFC East was the Washington Redskins. I will be dead wrong. Dak is going to turn this on. You picked the Cowboys. You said this is the Cowboys' division to lose. I Kudos to you, Julius Rock. You, yeah, you said the Giants would be the sleeper, but you pick, You actually picked the Cowboys. You said it's between the Giants and the Cowboys. You said it's between the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, I thought the, I thought I, I, I don't remember. I thought I picked the Giants. We'll go, we'll go ahead. No, no, because the, the argument was always the argument was always me saying the Giants are gonna finish dead last. You said Giants are gonna be better than we expect. It's gonna be between them and Dallas. You might have picked the Giants, but I know you were giving Dallas some. Love. Yeah, I think I think Dallas, um, I, you know I, I think well let's do this. Let's before we jump out to one, we gotta give at least eight weeks. Eight okay. weeks. Eight weeks is a reasonable assessment. Niggas get hurt, niggas get hot, niggas think that's hot, get cold. Before we recalibrate our predictions of who in the conference, let's wait till week eight. But I, I don't have a problem with, with that. I all but look, I think I know uh, you want to probably bring up 
the boy out in Arizona, right? You probably want you probably want his name to no, come no, up. No, 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 no. Listen, I I don't want to. I gave Kyler his flowers last week. I need. I I think Kyler is setting himself up for MVP discussion, but he got to keep winning. Can I run a stat? Can I run a stat line for you real quick? Please, please, please. You know, you know they don't believe in in black quarterbacks throwing the ball, but please. Kyler Murray, last week against the Minnesota Vikings, 29 of 36. That is an 80% completion percentage. 29 of 36, 400 yards, three touchdowns. The only reason I picked Dak over him was the two interceptions. The two interceptions, kind of like Lamar, he started off a little shaky. Yeah. But he, he bounced back. But 29 of 36 for 400 yards. I think they said there was a stat line. There was like, you know, there's there's not a lot of quarterbacks that have those type of games. Um, Kyle Murray's on the way. MV, he's he's an MVP front runner for sure. Um, and I guess, you know, that that that's our honorable mention. But, yeah, we got Lamar. We got Dak. Uh, very solid performances. I'm 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 proud to have them in the league representing us. They're doing it. Obviously, I think one we're missing one key contributor in this category right now, and hopefully his situation clears up so we can get him back on the field. That's Nasty Boy. Nasty Boy would be in these conversations if he was playing. Um, Absolutely. But uh, everyone that's playing right now, you know performing pretty well i think uh for um i remember i don't you know i i, I actually invited our, our our shop brother mario on this podcast he didn't hit me back but i'm i'm going to wait on that um you know i do want to have that calm it, it won't it won't matter it won't go anywhere but i did invite him to this that's uh, big podcast. That would be a wild uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, the game, what I've noticed in the NFL is, you know, I don't like to jump out the window in the NFL. Uh, I like to be present, but a lot of quarterbacks is getting hurt. And I got slight energy for Tony Dungeon. I'm going to tell you why. Um, Cam Newton's been out the league for what is this week three? Nah, this will be going into the fourth. Yeah, so this is week four. Cam Newton has been out the league. No team, no nothing. I saw Tony Dungeon go on Jason Whitlock of all people and talk about how Cam is selfish and Cam is not a team player. And I'm in comparison to Lamar, right? And I lost a lot of respect for Dungy because my thing is Cam not even in the league. He's not in the league. He's not playing. Why does it matter if you're bringing up Cam Newton? Then I also thought about Tony Dungy's like, so you, as long, so so you know, as long as you have a, you can be a murderer and go you know, be quiet. It just seemed reserved, and you're a good teammate. But even if you have a clean record and you just seem selfish, you're a bad teammate. That's why you didn't win. It's it's it just it just the math ain't mathing, man. You know, it's it's it just it just seems kind of nasty. For here's somebody my like thing. Dungeon. Here's here's why I am upset at Tony Dungy. I am furious. I'm pissed absolutely off furious. At Tony Dungy. We can talk about Cam's work ethic. I don't know if they have a personal relationship or not. I'm sure that yes. they know one another, but I don't think that there's a personal relationship there. Um, I don't think there's a personal relationship there. He said Cam is selfish and not a good leader. Things I've never heard any of his teammates say. Never I've never heard one Cam Newton teammate Never one Cam Newton coach after everything has transpired say that. You know who I do hear that about though? Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers' work ethic is always under question. One of Aaron Rodgers' former teammates, Jermichael Finley, came out and questioned Aaron Rodgers' work ethic, questioned Aaron Rodgers' leadership. Aaron Rodgers has been under fire inside his locker room for years from teammates saying he's not a good leader. Has Tony Dungy ever said anything about Aaron Rodgers? Has anyone ever came out and said anything about Aaron Rodgers? Why are we doing this to Cam Newton? That's why I'm furious. And I will always, always do that, that cost-setting comparison. Always, because it's not fair. They do it. It's subconscious. It's been ingrained in our body to talk about Black players and give them marks, uh, uh, demarcations, or, or any type of negative feedback for things that inherently don't not their white counterparts so that's why i'm and i'm furious because he did it on a platform that's known for doing that known for baiting you into downplaying and and speaking negatively about black players in general um jason whitlock is a coon i don't know if that word is going to be played for air whenever we release these podcasts we might have to block it he's a coon he does this stuff all the time tony dungy got baited tony dungy created the black coaches alliance's black coalition this character coalition black coaches and and they they, don't hire black coaches i'm just it it was unfortunate i'm upset that tony dungy got baited into doing that um you could have talked about lamar jackson without talking about cam newton and if you're going to talk about lamar jackson you should have used the active quarterback who actually literally has those things being said about them to aaron Rodgers. but somehow i feel like it wouldn't fit their narrative here, here's another thing with Lamar Jackson. They like Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson. You know what? Let's, let's take it a step further, bro. You know something about black quarterbacks? Black quarterbacks, if you look at what presented them, they have the most adverse situations. They It's always about their skill set and never about the pieces they put around them. That it, it, that's always the thing. You have to overcome so much to get respect as a black quarterback. Lamar Jackson, literally, they had people questioning if he should even get paid. The nigga never had a losing record. (laughs) And now because he beats the fucking Chiefs, it's like, well, you know what? That's the type of stuff I see. Y'all want want the black quarterback to just figure, Lamar, this this is the thing with Lamar Jackson. It's not that Lamar Jackson is not an inaccurate passer. Lamar Jackson is, Jackson is not a consistent passer at times because he doesn't. If I heard Marcellus Wiley, of all people, say Greg Roman has been a bottom 10 offensive coordinator everywhere he's went, and he took the damn uh, Niners to the Super Bowl with Kaepernick, a bottom 10 offensive coordinator with yards, but passing, that's just what he is wherever he goes. Lamar Jackson offense is the I, – I, when I had this conversation with, with old boy the other day, he talked about the, he, he, he doesn't do this like Brady. And I said to him, everything – if you look at the Ravens offense, everything is stretched. Everything is 10 and above. There's nothing that says check down. There's nothing that says come back. There's nothing that says play the middle of the field. That is Tom Brady's game. Remember what Bruce Aaron was asking Tom Brady to, sw- to, to chug that bitch downfield every fucking play? How the fuck that worked out? That's that Tom Brady went to the with the uh uh Bobby said, nah, bro, we, we gotta do this. And then they started fucking rolling. Right? Tom Brady wins games because he plays the middle of the field. He plays chess the middle of the fucking field. Everybody can't be fucking Tom Brady. It is what it is. Like you, he's he's, he's the fucking. I, I I don't like Tom Brady. He's the fucking Jordan of the NFL shit. You got to get Tom Brady out the fucking way, and then other niggas can eat. But but if you look at the other quarterback, Tom Brady's the reason Pete don't fuck ain't fucking win shit. If you look at the other quarterbacks, the what the last five or six Super Bowls, what like three of them been mobile quarterbacks? Yeah, Mahomes, Foles, Russell, mobile quarterbacks. Every, there's no such thing as a pocket quarterback anymore. It's 10 pocket quarterbacks out of 32 in the league. Lamar Jackson is a guy that does not have innovating play calling around him. They're asking him to sustain drives. They're not asking him 
to sit back and find a second and third wide receiver. No, they're asking you, nigga, if it's open, get it, keep the fucking drive going. Get in the fucking end zone by any means. And that's what Lamar Jackson is doing. And he's winning games doing it that fucking way because that's what the team needs. If the team actually cared about wanting to make him a more passing quarterback for long-term success, a long-term sustainability, they would go out and get him some fucking talent. They would they would uh keep building up the offensive line. They would have got a different offensive coordinator. But have they done that? No. No. So Lamar got to keep doing what the fuck he got to do to keep niggas fucking jobs. But that's neither here or there, man. And, but when Josh Allen does it, when Josh Allen mm. times a motherfucking game, you hear nothing. Mm. You hear nothing. You didn't hit my. You didn't hit my my sore spot with these. Listen, man. Listen, man. Four years. What is it? Four years ago, twenty seventeen. Actually, it goes a little bit further back because it was a four to twenty seventeen draft. Four years ago. I was telling folks, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe with Josh Allen. All his pre-draft and analysis, everything coming out about him was he's got a big arm. He can make all the throws that you need a quarterback to, to make. Cool. He's got the arm. Josh Allen has never had the consistency passing. He's never protected the ball. He's never read the field well. He had all these knocks. The only thing he did have was the big arm. 56% career at Wyoming. As many interceptions as touchdowns at Wyoming. But what he did have was a great defense that gave him the ball back. Guess what he has now in Buffalo? A great defense that gets him the ball back with short field. Remember this, and and you go do your research on this for the listeners that if you don't believe what we're, we're about to say. Cam's Super Bowl run, 2015. They would love for you to believe that Cam wasn't magical that year. They would love for you to believe that the defense did it all. The defense gave him the ball back with the short field every week. And Cam didn't have to do much to manage that MVP season, even though Cam threw for over, what, 30 touchdowns and he ran for like 10 more. He had like 40 total touchdowns. I think it was like 36 touchdowns he threw and then like some some more he ran. And he didn't turn the ball over that not nearly nope. as much as Josh Allen turned the ball over. But nope. Josh Allen supporters would love for you to believe that he has it all under wraps. He's he he's making the wheel spin for Buffalo. His first year, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. His second year, I think he doubled his touchdowns and he reduces interceptions. 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. But he was still passing for 56%. The third year, this is the magical year. They give him Stefan Diggs. He has a great year. Somehow, in just this small sample size of a year, he's become the passer. Everyone needs him to be. He's carrying his team. He's getting credit for what the defense is doing for him. He's giving you one year of consistency, but yet now this is speaking on his entire career. He's finally arrived. Yep. This year. Through two weeks, complete ass cheeks, complete basura. But we want to talk about Lamar and wins. And we're not yep. talking about Josh Allen and wins. Josh Allen, nope. first week, I think he was, what, 58%? Second yep. week, Josh Allen, 17 to 33, 179 yards. Yep. 51% passing. Where's the Josh Allen rumbles? We're not talking about Josh Allen like we talk about Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen was the seventh pick of the NFL draft. Lamar Jackson was the 32nd. We're requiring more from the 32nd pick than we're requiring from the seventh pick. What are yep. we doing? What yep. are we doing? Why are we not yep. talking? And then, and then Josh Allen gets credit for running. He doesn't get knocked down. He doesn't get called a running back like Lamar Jackson gets called a running back. Nope. Josh Allen pulled that bitch down for the first two years of his career and ran that ball to save his job yep. with poor passing statistics. But yet he's the quarterback of the future. His team's projected to go to the Super Bowl, but he's not giving you consistently great quarterback play. He gave you one year flash pan, but yet this is how we speak of his entire career. Lamar Jackson has given you consistent improvement 
over the years of passing. He hasn't been lighting it up passing, but he's gotten better each and every year. The yards yeah, went down last year. year. The yards went down last year, but the efficiency went up or remained high because it was never low. It was never low. Even last week when he beat Pat Mahomes, 18 for 26, that's 69%. That's 60. That's Drew Brees territory. Drew Brees with his dunking down, 70% passing all over the place. Lamar Jackson's efficient with passing. He can pass as well as anybody in the league. Yep. Are there errant passes? For sure, but we're going to turn Tom Brady on a day and he's going to miss. We're going to turn Aaron Rodgers on a day and he's going to miss. Everybody misses. You know the difference everybody between everybody misses. else? You know, the diff- you know the crazy thing is? Everybody misses. The thing about it is not everybody has a fucking Gronk or an AB that can catch a bad ball. That's the difference. That's Philip. That's Philip fucking Rivers. If you go back and look at the way Philip Rivers throws a fucking football, he's always had somebody that can catch a fucking bad ball. Big Ben, catch a bad ball, boom, and it's all all niggas see is a fucking completion. Is it? He caught it. But let's move forward, man. Let's move. We'll be all day talking about uh, black quarterbacks. Um, I got some picks for next week, man. We're gonna get up out of here, all right? Got some picks for next week. Um, let's start off with this. Mississippi State versus Texas A&M. You going to get your face back this week? What you going? What's the overall record? What's the overall record? All right. Give me a second to add this up. So last week, you fought two. All right, so my friend Julius Rock, overall record mm-hmm. through three weeks of picks, 11 and 14. Okay. 11 and 14. All okay. right. My overall record through three weeks, 17 and eight. All right, 17 and eight. All right, boom, 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 boom. All right, Mississippi State versus Texas A&M. Uh, Jimbo bounce back game, Texas A&M. Uh, let me see where they're playing. Where are they playing? Um, where are they playing? I got him at. Oh, let me get off that week. Wrong week. Oh, they're playing at and Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Texas and then wins that game. So I, I, I agree with you. Texas and then wins that game. Jimbo Fisher, he got to get his mind right. He got he got it right to ship. Before, um, he got a couple. Oh shit! After this, he got Alabama. <laughs> After this, he don't got no time. He got, he got no time. time. He, he, got, he got to get some momentum, and then the Alabama comes to him, so he got to write this shit. So, um, Michigan versus Wisconsin. I'm going mm. with Michigan. Even though this is his, this is the first real challenge of Jim Harbaugh. I think uh, there are no expectations for Michigan this year. There are no expectations for Jim Harbaugh. This is the game that he needs for momentum. Now he's going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a little bit of a wounded dog, but I think this is the year where 
Michigan pulls it out. Got Michigan. Gotcha. Um, one of the few games I did get to watch yesterday was Notre Dame, Wisconsin. And in the third quarter, that game was 13-10, Wisconsin. Yep. And then Notre Dame's defense said, you know what? Fuck what y'all talking about. We about to take three or four of these bitches back to the house on our own. And yep. that blew the game open. That blew the game open. There was a number of turnovers. Um, but the one thing that I noticed throughout that game, Wisconsin really has no quarterback play. So for that and for that reason alone, I'm going with Michigan. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati versus Notre Dame. Hmm. This the this right here. This right here. Just get you in up. This this the playoff game right here. So let's peel game. back, peel back the layers on this a little bit. Notre Dame's entire defensive staff was Cincinnati's defensive staff last year. Yeah. There's a level of familiarity on both sides with what the offense and the defense likes to do. I've, I have faithfully picked Notre Dame each and every week. This week, this week, I'm going Cincinnati. It's, a, it's Notre Dame's at home. Cincinnati's traveling to Notre Dame. I feel like the familiarity between the offense and the defense is that that's advantage Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's going to take advantage of it. I got, I got Cincinnati winning. I, I'm going out on a limb because I Notre Dame's my school this year, but I got Cincinnati winning. I have Notre Dame winning this game. I'm not that I'm trying to disagree with you. Notre Dame is winning this game because they have to win this game. There is no Clemson. There is, you know, it's right there to make the playoffs again. It's lining up. So you're 12 today. You're probably going to jump up to the top 10, maybe eight. After you beat Cincinnati, you got Virginia. You got USC. So USC is coming to you. You got Virginia Tech. USC's coming to you. Chapel Hill's coming to you. Chapel Hill's probably about to be unranked. Navy comes to you. You go to Virginia. You play Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech might be a little tougher. And you got Stanford. And then after that, you are in the playoffs. You have to be. I think Brian Kelly has been getting a monkey off his back a little bit more. I think that they don't Dame just a team that just does what they do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play fucking defense. Like, Notre Dame is looking at their chops trying to get back in the playoffs. So, I think Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati needs this game, I think Notre Dame just got more talent than Cincinnati. So, I'm going Notre Dame. That's fair. That's fair. My heart is telling, my heart is telling me Notre Dame. But I, I just can't, I can't shake the familiarity. And I can't shake what Cincinnati did in the bowl game against Georgia last year either. And they've yes. done nothing but stack on top of that. So, this, yeah. is, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. Uh, I wish we were going to be in the stands for it. We'll be at UCLA next week on a personal note. But, uh, yeah, man, I got Cincinnati. It pains me to make that pick, but I, that's just the way That's the way I'm feeling right now. 17 and 8 for a reason. That's the way I'm feeling. Okay, well, shit. I, I, I'm throwing a walk at UCLA, AZ, AZ State. Oh, we UCLA hit. easily. UCLA easily. Listen. I don't as much as and look, this is a God said, got people on both sides of the ball. ASU is not going to have an answer for the running back from UCLA. I'm not going to say his name because I can't pronounce it. It's like some French shit. I can't say it. But number 24, motherfucker runs the ball. They're not going to have an answer for that. Now, flip side, UCLA may struggle. With Jaden Daniels, UCLA may struggle with Jaden Daniels, so it's up in the air pick. But I, my heart's telling me. Actually, you know, before I even say that, ASU is not ranked, are they? ASU is no longer ranked, right? Yeah, and they're not ranked, but they're three and one. They're three and one, but but here's the thing: whenever ASU is ranked, 
and they're playing a game that can improve their rankings, they fucking lose. They were 24. They played BYU last week, and they lost. They're not ranked now. So this is a game you would think they'd fold. Herm Edwards does this to us every year. He wins games he's not supposed to win. He makes it ugly. He ruins the Pac-12 South because now you don't know who's going to win the South. Right now, UCLA is on track to win the South. Right now, it's looking like UCLA versus Oregon is what it's looking like. It's looking like UCLA versus Oregon for, for the Pac-12 crown. But uh, I'm going I'm to I'm stick, stick with my pick. I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to stick with uh, UCLA. I'm going with you. I don't know nothing about uh, Pac-10 school. I just try to jump out the window. I'm going UCLA. Um, <laughs> next pick, Arkansas. I was going to say Arkansas, Georgia. I don't feel like Arkansas are enough arms long enough to punch with they're not there yet they're not not there yet they beat a and them they're coming back to reality i'm not gonna do that arkansas's coming back to reality i think georgia's rolling they're gonna get healthy to wide receivers georgia's going to georgia's just playing at a different level right now and i think they're gonna kick arkansas's ass i'm not gonna do that one um let's go to the acc man georgia tech versus pitt I personally think that that North Carolina game was just a perfect, you know what? I'm going to say this. Georgia Tech is building, both of these teams is blue-collar teams, right? They're mm-hmm. gritty. They get it out the mud. They kind of overlook. I think Georgia Tech being North Carolina just opened up the coastal for them. And I don't see anybody stopping that momentum right now. And then they're at ATL. They're um, three and one. But I'm going Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh got a better quarterback. So I'm going Pittsburgh. And that That's all I'm solely basing on. Pittsburgh is a top 10 offense in the, in the yeah. FBS right now. Pittsburgh's yeah, the top Pittsburgh. 10 offense in the FBS. I am. But Georgia Tech makes games ugly. Georgia Tech makes games ugly, but I'm still going with Pitt. I'm going with Pitt. I'm going with Pitt. I'm going with Pitt. I'm going with Pitt. And they're uh, in Atlanta. Wake so that's that's scary. They're in Atlanta, but I'm still going with I'm still going Noon with game in Atlanta. Wake Forest versus Louisville. I'm going Wake Forest. Wake Forest is an extremely well-coached team. I think while Louis, I think Louisville beating Florida State was just, was, was just nothing. It, it means nothing. I, I can't remember the last time Florida State beat Louisville, to be honest. Maybe last year. I don't remember. Louisville has pretty much been owning Florida State for a long, long time. So that, that isn't really a big thing. So I'm going with Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest is an older well coached team, they're gonna beat them boys. They 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 just gonna start they're just gonna build that momentum. Uh I'm going Louisville. I have no statistical information to back that pick up. I just feel I just feel like uh you know I'm not ready to give Wake too much credit yet. I'm going Louisville. All right. Bama versus hot boy Lane Kiffin. He is coming to Tuscaloosa to get it back in blood. Lane has been one of the most successful ex-Saban assistant coaches to uh, to compete against compete against Saban. Um, he's a he is a genius football mind, uh, and for all those reasons, I'm still picking Alabama. I want to upset so bad. I need an upset so bad. Nothing that's going to happen at the top of the board is going to sneak Clemson back into the. the no, 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 no. Clemson Cook. I just want chaos at this point. I just want. <laughs> if I'm down, I need everybody down with me. I need everybody feeling it with me, just to keep everybody on the same playing field in the mud. 
Um, I'm not going to jump off the porch and pick Ole Miss, but I think it's going to come down to the last second. I think Lane Kiffin is coming to town to scare the living hell out of Alabama fans. It's going to be quiet in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a fucking shootout in Tuscaloosa. And I think Nick Saban just, you know, I think Nick Saban does not want to lose to Lane Kiffin because he knows the ramifications. And he, and I think he's just going to throw every, he's like, you know, like Bama, you feel like Bama just out, Bama, out athlete everyone. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban is throwing every fucking tool in the shit at Lane Kiffin. So I, I got Alabama winning. I got Alabama winning in a tight, uncomfortable game to bring down Alabama fans, in my, in my opinion. Um, your boy, Spencer Rattley versus Kansas State at Kansas State. He playing with fire. I'm going Kansas State. You can't live on the edge. You, you, you can't open the window and stare off the 15th floor and just put your half your body out there and then the sneaky sit with back. You're eventually going to fall the fuck out. I'm going Kansas State, man. Oh, you just keep playing with fire, man. Listen, uh, Kansas State was the game last year that got Spencer out the paint. They they came up there and they beat him in the end. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley is a hell of a coach. I think the whole staff is ready. To... It hurts. Listen, I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. I got OU. All right, man. Two more, man. Um. LSU versus Auburn. LSU Auburn. Where's this game? This game it uh is it in Death Valley or is it at uh it's at Death Valley. Nine o'clock game. Holy shit. Bo Nix got benched. Auburn need a win. I got LSU because Coach O needs it more. Well, Coach O needs a win badly. He needs to get all the momentum he can going into October. I feel like Auburn has to make a quarterback change, and I don't think they got the balls to do it. I got Auburn. Even if they need to make a quarterback change, that Auburn team is battle-tested. They played a tight game with Penn State, who is a great team. Uh, I don't think LSU can handle LSU. Can't LSU's offense is not what you need it to be. LSU's yeah. defense is exactly what you need it to be. But LSU's offense doesn't give LSU's defense any breathing room. I think that Auburn can do enough, just like UCLA was able to do enough against LSU to to squeeze out a win. I got Auburn winning. All right. Last pick, and we out. South Carolina State versus Bethune-Cookman. I don't know a damn thing about Bethune-Cookman. Both of these teams are 0-3. I am going with South Carolina State for obvious reasons. Same. It's just, uh, you know, SC State typically is one of the stronger HBCUs. Um, I don't know what's going on this year, but if you have them against Bethune and, and any other regular years, Bethune and SC State, I'm going Bulldogs. So give me SC State. All right. So, Man, thank y'all for listening for me, man. I'm sorry my energy hasn't been the same. But I'm probably going to be a little depressed uh, throughout the college football season. I'm going to get myself back. Podcast coming soon. Appreciate y'all for listening.